0: As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again, and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship, which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation, combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons, will continue each week, so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said to the disciples, Let anyone with ears listen. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the sixth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, pardon and deliver you from all your sins confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through jesus christ our lord amen we stand for the glory Merciful God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 28, beginning at the 10th verse. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamt that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called that place Bethel. This is the word of the Lord.
2: The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning at the 12th verse. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back in fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption when we cry, "Abba, Father," it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ if in fact we suffer him so that we may be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed for us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labour pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have had the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burnt, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, "'Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field.' He answered, "'The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil.' The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them in the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
3: May I speak in the name of the living God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christianity is not an optimistic religion. You might think that statement says rather more about me than about the faith, but I'd like to suggest otherwise. It was Jane Williams, theologian and writer, whom I heard making that observation recently, We proclaim Emmanuel, God with us. Our creator stooped to share this human existence, its joys and tribulations, and we executed him. I emphasise we executed him. It was not some other group whom we can pin this on, be that the Jews or any other community that we might want to scapegoat, although God knows we keep trying. Christ stands in solidarity with those that suffer, but he also bears the cost of our falling short. Thankfully, the worst that we can do is not the end of the story. Christianity is profoundly hopeful since we trust that God will bring life out of death. The Christian faith provides assurance of our forgiveness and that frees us to appreciate and to acknowledge the depth of our debt and to extend that compassion to others. Our gospel reading this morning makes a clear division between people the parable of the wheat and the tares as it is traditionally known draws a distinction between the children of the kingdom and the children of the evil one jesus explained the meaning to the disciples the one who sows the good seed is the son of man the field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom the weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. In last week's Gospel, we heard the parable of the sower, and Alison reflected on the call to make our hearts and our lives good soil, in which the word of God can bear fruit. Today's Gospel employs similar motifs, but emphasises that forces are at work in this world that are contrary to God's purposes. It prompts us to consider where this might be the case and to examine our own lives, where we might be intentional or unwitting accomplices. As we ask that question, we are led to the recognition that we ourselves are not righteous, but Christ is. The free gift of salvation is open to all but the acceptance of that gift and of its transforming power in our lives is crucial. The satirical prayer of the Reverend Eli Jenkins in Dylan Thomas's Under Milkwood might be surprisingly insightful here. We are not wholly bad or good who live our lives under Milkwood, but thou, I know, wilt be the first to see our best side, and not our worst. We are not children of the Kingdom because we are wholly good, whilst others in our world are wholly bad. Rather we are children of the Kingdom because we do not choose to blind or bind ourselves to our failings, but rather accept that our lives are in need of healing and transformation. We have no rights, no entitlements or achievements to assert. All that we have is a gift from God. We belong to Christ and he chooses to see our best side. Our reading from the Hebrew Scriptures told of Jacob's dream at Bethel, of a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. It is an image that has long inspired reflection on the nature of the spiritual path and in particular recognition that it is in humility that we ascend to God. The Christian path does not infer on us an optimal life. In the light of Christ's life We recognise our own darkness, but our hope in God's victory brings joy. As Sister Mary David, a Benedictine nun puts it, Christian joy seems to flourish and grow upon what might seem the least favourable soil. She reminds us that Jesus speaks of true joy, being like the joy of a woman whose travail has passed and whose child has come. It is not a question of loving suffering for itself, but of seeing the acceptance and overcoming of it, and even the choice of it, as proof of love. And as Rowan Williams reminds us, the test of a genuine faith, as opposed to bad religion, is whether it stops you ignoring things. The test of faith is how much it lets you see and how much it stops you denying, resisting, or ignoring aspects of what is real. Whilst we have seen an easing of restrictions imposed in response to the coronavirus pandemic in recent weeks, we recognise that there is more suffering to come, and that stark injustices are apparent in our world. As these flames rage around us, We may take courage, because we stand on scorched earth. We know the victory that Christ has already won. We see what is wrong in our world, but our hearts are filled with hope. Our epistle this morning makes the point very well. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. Those words carry a particular significance for me because my father would say them in moments of distress. I've come to recognize over time how significant my father's influence was in my formation in the faith, when for many years I had thought otherwise. My father would share the consolation that he had experienced during the darkest days of his life. I, like many in our age, found that I needed rather more conceptual defence of the faith than that. But as I have gained more experience of life's trials, I've come to appreciate the strength of his faith. Christianity may not be an optimistic religion, but it is certainly joyful and hope-filled, one that strengthens us to face and to tackle suffering. So, in the words of St. Paul, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us
0: now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, you know us better than we know ourselves, and your wisdom and grace are boundless. Open our eyes to your presence as we walk the path you have set before us each day, open our hearts to feel the pain of your world and of your suffering children, and open our lives in response to your call to serve you in all that we do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for our world, We give thanks for the wonders of your creation. We pray in sorrow for our squandering and abuse of the earth's precious resources, and for our failure to steward your gifts wisely and well. Guide us in the decisions we make about how we live, what we have, and what we can share that we may learn to live in more sustainable ways, to protect our planet and to honour your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of the nations and for our own government and parliament. We pray that those in positions of power and authority may be guided by your spirit of justice and righteousness. We pray that they may work to the benefit of all, but especially on behalf of those who are most vulnerable, those for whom life is a struggle, those who are victims of prejudice, those who have no voice. We pray for all journalists and for those who work in the media. We remember especially those whose work puts them in situations of personal danger, those who work freelance, and all who struggle to make a living. We pray for all who write what many read and who have the power to shape public opinion by their words and images and we ask that they may pursue their calling in following the truth and in doing so with integrity. We pray for the church throughout the world and for those entrusted with its leadership. We ask your blessing upon this church of St. Bride and upon all whom we seek to serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and for the suffering, for those who will live this day with physical, mental or emotional pain or anguish of any kind. We remember all those who are in hospital, in care homes or convalescing at home, And we pray for the medical staff, for our nurses and doctors and their support staff, for those providing social care and for all who look after those who are in need. We continue to pray for all who are suffering from coronavirus, remembering especially those whose lives are currently in danger and those who are living with the long-term consequences of its impact. Bless and support them all with your healing love and grace, and help them to know your presence with them now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have died and for any who are dying now, for those whose year's mind falls at this time, and we remember all who mourn. Amongst members of the St Bride's family, we pray especially today for the repose of the soul of Yvonne Chappelle, who will be greatly missed by all who knew her, and whose funeral service takes place tomorrow. We pray for her and for Edwin and Joan, and for all who mourn her loss. Loving God, we commend into your hands those whom we have loved but see no longer. You gave them breath and loved them throughout their earthly lives. Receive them now in your infinite tenderness and grant them your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And finally, a prayer of St. Benedict. O gracious and holy Father, give us wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to understand you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you, through the power of the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, son, our our Saviour Jesus Jesus Christ. amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name, and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving Spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, We proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us And feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving we do not presume to come to this your table merciful lord trusting in our own righteousness but in your manifold and great mercy we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table but you are the same lord whose nature is always to have mercy grant us therefore gracious lord Let us pray. God of our pilgrimage, you have led us to the living water. Refresh and sustain us as we go forward on our journey. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.